Sweet hour of rest, sweet hour of rest, sweet hour of rest, the joy I feel, the bliss I share of those whose anxious spirits burn with strong desires for thy return. With such I hasten to the place where God my Savior shows his face and gladly take my station there and wait for thee, sweet hour of rest, sweet hour of rest, sweet hour of rest, thy wings shall my petition bear to Since he bids me seek his face, believe his word and trust his grace, cast on him my every care and wait for thee, sweet hour. Next, we'll sing number 100, Ere You Left Your Room This Morning. <clears throat> 100. Ere you left your room this morning. Oops. Let, I tell you what, let's start over with the right tune. <laughs> I was looking down here. I better look up there. I can see that. <clears throat> Ere you left your room this morning. Did you think to pray in the name of Christ our Savior? Did you sue for loving favor as a shield today? Oh, how praying rests the seems dark and dreary. Don't forget to pray. When you met with great temptation, did you think to pray? By his dying love and merit, 
guide and stay. Oh, how praying rests a weary. Prayer will change the night to day. So when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. When your heart was filled with anger, did you think to pray? Did you plead for grace, my brother, that you might forgive another who had crossed your way? Oh, how praying rests the weary. Prayer will change the night to day. So when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. When sore trials came upon you, did you think to pray? When your soul was bowed in sorrow, balm of Gilead did you borrow at the gates of day. Oh, how praying rests a weary prayer will change the night to day. So when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. If you'd like to, after uh, Larry's lesson this evening, we'll sing number 257, I Need Thee Every Hour. But before Larry's lesson this evening, we'll sing 141, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. 141. <clears throat> Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no fountain whence the healing waters flow. Let the fiery cloudy pillar lead me all my journey through. Strong deliverer, be thou still my strength and shield. 
strong deliverer, be thou still my strength and shield. When I tread the verge of Jordan, bid my anxious fears subside, bear me through the swelling current, let me safe on Canaan's side. Songs of praises I will ever give to thee. Songs of praises I will ever give to Good evening. Good to be here this evening. Good to see each and every one of you here this evening. I thank Eric for the songs that we led tonight. It's our lessons about prayer. And that fit in real good. Uh, the sermon tonight is going to be the prayer that pleases God. And our text will be from Matthew 6, verses 5 through 15. Tonight we're continuing our series of lessons uh, through the Sermon on the Mount. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Josh started out uh, talking about salt and light. Last week, Doug uh, taught us about humility uh, when doing our charitable deeds. And tonight, of course, we'll be looking at prayer. Our scripture for tonight, uh, as I said, will be Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And we're going to focus more on a prayer that pleases God rather than so much the model prayer that we will be looking at. One of the wonderful privileges enjoyed by the children of God is prayer. God talks to us through his word, and we talk to him through prayer. Through prayer, we can receive mercy and grace that helps us in our time of need. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. We have that high priest. He understands us. He understands our weaknesses. He understands the temptations that we go through, and he can sympathize with us. We are told to come boldly so that we can receive that mercy and grace in our time of need. So how do we come boldly? Well, it's through prayer that we come boldly. Through prayer, we can find peace that guards our hearts and mind. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Paul, through inspiration, said that we are not to worry about the things, but give us problems and turn them over to God. 
And we are to do that with thanksgiving, knowing that God will guard us. But this privilege of prayer assumes that God will answer our prayers or will heed our prayers. You see, not all prayers are acceptable to God. In Proverbs 28.9, it says, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Indeed, God does not hear all prayers of all men. If we are not obeying God's commandments, we will not be in touch with God. Our prayers will go unheard. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, nor his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear you. What is it that separates us from God? It's our sins. It's our iniquities. It's our desires in this world. And he's not going to hear us if we're living in those. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. If we're not righteous, God's not going to hear our prayers. Jesus described the prayer of one man which did not please God in Luke 18, verses 10 through 14. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as the tax collector, I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, is be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. If we look at this man that prayed the, the Pharisee, he prayed with himself. He was bragging on himself, what he was doing. But the tax collector was humbled in his prayer. He realized he was a sinner. He realized what he needed. We're not to think of ourselves to be higher than God. We are to be humbled and realize that without God, we are lost. In this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus had much to say about prayer, especially the kind of prayer which finds favor in God's sight. So first, let's look at things that we are not to regard in our prayer. In verse 5 of Matthew 6, it says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. What is it Jesus says here? Do not pray like the hypocrites or pretenders. They pretended to follow God, but did not want to do his will. He also said that they love to pray standing in the synagogues, and on the street corners. Why? Because
because they wanted praise of men. They wanted to be seen by men. They wanted men to brag on them for what they were doing. They did not care about what God wanted from them. They only wanted that praise from God or from men. Matthew 6, 5 emphasized, the emphasis is stated in Matthew 6, 1 that we talked about last week. It says, do not do your deeds of righteousness before men to be seen by them. Jesus said they have their reward. That is, they indeed have the praise of men. But that's the extent of their reward is that praise of men. They have no reward or blessing from God. Now, Jesus is not condemning public prayer here. And that's evident with the fact that he himself prayed in public. In Matthew eleven twenty five, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, he said, At this time Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. In John eleven forty one, as he raised Lazarus from the dead, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Paul, in Acts 27:35, when he was on the shipwreck of Manalta, and when he had said these things, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. So we see many examples of prayer, public prayer. We deal with public prayer all the time. But we're not to want that praise of men as we do that. We're to want the praise of God. So then how do we pray to be heard by God? First, our prayers are offered to be seen by God and not men. Verse 6 of Matthew 6 says, But you who pray... Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The main idea here of praying in secret is not wanting that reward from men, but receiving the reward from God. The sincere and humble worshiper, the person who prays much in secret, is praying to be seen by God and not men. Another aspect that we should refrain from is in verse 7. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. You know, we must avoid the use of vain repetition. This was often practiced by the heathen religion. They tried to tire out their gods with such endless prayers Mere formulas were repeated over and over and over again with no real meaning. They just wanted to be heard by men. Now this is not condemning repetition, but only vain, insincere, useless repetition is what he's condemning here. Now even Jesus repeated himself in his prayer. You can 
in Gethsemane in Matthew 26, 36 through 44, where he prayed three times. Oh, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Paul, in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, talking about the thorn in his side, verse 8 said, Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. God did answer him on that and told him that it would not. But these are examples of repeating the same thing in our prayers. When things are important to us, we need to, re we need to pray repeatedly for those things. But we always remember that God's will needs to be done. Have you ever noticed the prayers recorded in scriptures? God's not swayed by the quantity of words, but by the quality of the heart. You know, we can pray short prayers, we can pray long prayers, but they must be sincere. They must be from the heart. Now let's look at what we should do in prayer. The first part of verse 9 tells us to pray according to the pattern. It said, in this manner, therefore pray. The phrase, in this manner, suggests that this prayer is a pattern for praying. Jesus did not say to pray these words. He said to pray in this manner. The pattern of proper prayer is first simplicity. It was short, it was to the point, and it was full of humility and was God-oriented. Jesus' pattern for prayer is an illustration in contrast to the many words that the heathens used. The second part of verse 9 shows us the reverence for God that we should have. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father, God is our Father because He sustains us. He provides all that we need. We need to pray to God through Jesus Christ. And we need to show Him the reverence that He deserves. In Jeremiah 44.10, To this day they have not humbled themselves or shown reverence, nor have they followed my law and the decrees that I set before you and their ancestors. The people of Judah were worshiping other gods. They had forgotten the sins of their fathers. And God said he would set his face against them. Folks, if we don't give God the reverence that he deserves, he will turn against us as well. Malachi 1.11 says, For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place incense shall be offered to my name and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. This is what God wanted from Israel. And it's what he wants from us today. Let us show him that reverence that he deserves. Verse 10, we are to pray for the progress of God's kingdom and his will on earth. Verse 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Christ here is pray, praying for his future kingdom soon to be established. In fact, John the Baptist preached in Matthew 3, 1 and 2. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Today, since the kingdom has been established, we see that in Acts 2, Colossians 1, 13, Peter, 2 Peter 1, 11, many other verses, we can now pray for God to help us in the spreading of his kingdom. And that spreading of the gospel is what we're to be about. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end, even to the end of the age. Our prayer should include the growth of the church. The second part of verse 10 tells us your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, in Matthew 26, as Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed those three times that it would be possible that this could pass from him. And all three times he said, your will be done. Paul, when he was about to go to Jerusalem, the people were pleading with him not to go for his safety's sake. And Paul wasn't having anything to do with it. And in Acts 21, 14, it says, So when we could, not, we could not persuade him, we ceased saying, The will of the Lord be done. Paul, like Jesus, knew what could or would happen to them. But still knew that God's will must be done. The will of God here on earth is that all men be brought into his kingdom. First Timothy 2 4 says, Who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth? Titus 2 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And Psalms 103 29 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. In order for us to do his will, we must heed his voice and do what his word says. But we are also pray for our physical necessities. Verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. This giving us our daily bread brings us back to that dependence upon God for what we actually need of what we actually need physically. It's also a suggestion in moderation. Notice that we're praying for daily bread. We're not praying for monthly or yearly bread. We must trust God to take care of us daily. We are also to pray for our spiritual needs in verse 12, for that forgiveness of sin. It says, verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Luke's account says, forgive us our sins. Debts and sins here are the same thing. Christ did not think that his disciples would lead sinless lives. 
And this forgiveness is contingent on our forgiveness of others. In Matthew 5, 23 through, 34, or through 24, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. We are to forgive others in order for our worship to be pleasing to God. The first part of verse 13 shows us that protection and deliverance from evil. And it says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 2 Peter 2.9 says, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what is able, what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. But we do see in James 1, 13 and 15, what does tempt a man? It says, let no one say that he is tempted. I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Also in 1 John 2, 15-17, it says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. It's our own desires that tempt us. And we're tempted each and every day. But if we will do his will, we will have that home with him. The second part of verse 13 tells us, gives another praise toward God. It tells us, for your is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. This is another praise of God. Most commentaries will tell you that this was not in the original text of the Greek or Latin. But we do find similar wording in 1 Chronicles 29, 11-12. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand, power and might. In your hand, it is to make great and to give strength to all. This should give us assurance that all these petitions that we've talked about in this prayer will be fulfilled to everyone who prays according to the directions that are given here. In Matthew 6, 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Again, we cannot expect forgiveness of ourselves if we are not willing to show forgiveness toward others. In Matthew 18, verses 21 through 22, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Now this is not a literal number here, but gives us the idea that we are to forgive each and every time. Prayer was very important to Jesus, as is seen in the details that's given here. In examining this prayer, we see that Christians have privilege. In Romans 8:17, we are the heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ. It also shows that we have purpose. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, we are to spread God's kingdom here on earth. It also shows that we have power. God has, has given us the authority and power to accomplish his purpose through Christ. Matthew 28, 18. Let us be thankful and appreciative to God that he has deemed us worthy of these responsibilities. And may we be found carrying them out. As we have looked at this prayer, we need to understand that this was not the only occasion that Jesus taught on prayer. Later, his disciples would ask him to teach them to pray. In Luke 11, Luke 11, 1 through 4. He taught them about the importance of persistence, about faith, humility, and prayer. He taught them to keep asking, seeking, and knocking in Matthew 7, 9, and 10. And in Luke 18, 1, he said, Then he spoke a parable to them that men may always ought to pray and not lose heart. Yes, we've seen many examples tonight of God's word about prayer. But in this sermon, Jesus sought to stress prayer that is designed to be seen by God not men, to be heard by God and not men, to be full of praise and reverence, to be thankful for the blessings, spiritual and physical, and this is a prayer that would be pleasing to God. In Hebrews eleven six, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who has come to God must, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If we believe that God hears prayers, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, then let us be sure to offer the kind of prayer that pleases God. Prayer is very important to the Christian in his life. If you are not in the prayer of God, as you should be, we have a good model here start with but you first must have put on Christ through the hearing of the word believing that Jesus is the son of God repenting of your sins confessing those sins before others and buried in that watery baptism grave of baptism 
and to be raised in newness of life and living that life for God. Or maybe you've done these things and you've fallen back into this world to that former life of sin. Then tonight, if we can help you with anything, let it be known as we stand and sing. be seated. It is still the first day of the week and the table is still prepared. Do we have any with us this evening that uh, we're not, uh, did not have the opportunity this morning to take? Do So if uh, would, we're going to sing the first two verses of He Leadeth Me, number 167. Sing the first two verses before Lord's Supper this evening. He loves me. <clears throat> 
Why did the Savior heavenly then come to earth below, where men his grace would not receive, because he loves me so? He loves me, he loves me, he loves me, this I know. He gave himself to die for me, because he loves me so. Why did the Savior mark the way, and why temptation know? Why teach and toil and plead and pray, because he loves me so? He loves me, he loves me, he loves me, this I know. He gave himself to die for me, because he loves me so. Supper this afternoon. Would you bow with me, please? Dear Father, as we come to this table, partake of this bread that represents your precious body that you gave upon the cross for us, help us to always remember the great love you showed us as you were ripped and torn, and yet you lived your life without sin, yet you gave it lovingly for us to give us the great gift of salvation. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Father, we've come before you continuing to thank you for your son who come to this earth to live as a human, but to show us how and teach us how that we should live. We thank you for the life that you gave for us for the remission of our sins. Father, as we partake of this cup, we pray that we will do so in a manner that is pleasing to you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.
suffer, he also commands to give back of what we've been entrusted. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for each and every blessing you give us each and every day. As we tithe to this plate, help us to always remember that everything that we have is due to your blessings for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Trey will be on the table on the floor. be dismissed with a prayer. Thank you for your uh, attendance today and good to see each of you. Hope everyone has a good week and be blessed with by the Lord. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the times we've been able to meet at this place to worship and to show our love to you and to each other. Help us, Father, as we walk among men to let our light so shine that others might see Jesus living in us and they may also desire to be part of your kingdom. Help us, Father, to seek your kingdom first in all things. We're grateful, Father, for your grace and love that gives us that hope of eternal life. Help us, Father, to remember to place our treasures in heaven and not on this earth. Help us to fail not to communicate with you and with one another your love. and Help us to be built up in the most holy faith. Bless our congregation and bless our families that are represented here. Be with fathers and mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers and children, we all may learn the importance of knowing you and loving you and following your word. Father, help us when we stumble to seek you and to be guided by your spirit. These things we pray through Christ's name. Amen.